the vibes they are a changing in Atlanta. Gabriella Lewis is here to talk about it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello there and happy Tuesday to you. I am your host, Howard Magdal, founder and editor of The Next. Make sure you're following all the work we're doing at thenexthoops.com. Subscribe, support incredible journalists like Gabriella Lewis, who joins us here on the pod. We are thankful for you making today Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen. Do it every day. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, over on YouTube. The cost is, I'm just going to pull it up really quick. Uh, it's free. So make sure you do it because it costs nothing. And you get to hear amazing journalists like Gabriella Lewis. Gabriella, when you enter the Gateway Center and you experience Atlanta Dream Basketball in 2022, what's the feeling you're getting? Fun immediately. Even when I show up on a Tuesday night, which is, you know, notoriously not the most popping night, it's going to be a good time, whether it's, you know, the team that's going to bring that energy or the attendance, the audience that brings that energy. And usually it's a mix of both. So I'm obviously really grateful for all the incredible work you've been doing on this. But this is not a story that I necessarily thought when I say story, I mean, writ large, that I thought you were going to be telling this year. Dan Padover uh, came in to build this team uh, and is an ownership group from Renee Montgomery on down, who clearly is committed to doing this in the right way. They've made the right hires uh, in Tanisha Wright. I love their draft, but this felt like a 2023, 2024 team that was going to start to be interested in the ways that, you know, we in the basketball junkie world would care about. How much better has this team been than necessarily what you expected coming into the season uh, as the beat reporter for the Atlanta Dream? Yeah, you know, I didn't think I was going to be covering any playoffs. I was like, okay, so my job's done in August or early August. But it's looking like it may not be that way, which is a, which is a great su- surprise. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. Things could go very, very many ways in the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I think it's a big surprise. And I think, like you said, that has everything to do with Tanisha Wright and Dan Padover, who I think have assembled a team that is really incredible. And last time I was on the podcast, I talked with Missy Heidrich. And I also, you know, I brought up that I think there's some luck in it too, right? Like I think mm-hmm. things have gelled really quickly and that's really great. And you have a lot of love in Atlanta is what I keep saying, because the team really, really loves one another and they work really well together. Therefore. So we're going to look at, of course, today, some of how and why the basketball has come together We're going to start, of course, by talking about what things are like in the arena and highlight the things that you've been talking about and and more specifically in your most recent piece over at thenexthoops.com. And we'll end up today by talking about what needs to happen over what are the last eight games of the season. But just to set the scene for our audience who may not be as plugged into the Atlanta Dream as you are, the Atlanta Dream are 12 and 16 this year. That puts them in the eighth spot right now, holding a tiebreaker over the Phoenix Mercury, who are ninth, the top eight, of course, in this league, make the playoffs. This is the same Atlanta Dream team 
at least on paper, that were 8-24 and 24 last year. So there's a dramatic improvement if they went out and lost every last game the rest of the season, which I don't expect for the record. I think this is a playoff team, and I've said so. But this is a team that's already grown tremendously. I guess the place you have to start when you're having that conversation is about Ryan Howard, who you wrote also a terrific piece. I, I do. I need to pause for a moment, really just to talk about this and, and point this out. You wrote an incredible piece about Ryan Howard. This is your first year on the beat. You've been absolutely killing it. And just people need to know that when you support the next, you are putting reporters on the ground. This is not a team that gets covered the way it needs to be. I won't name any particular uh, legacy newspapers that don't have regular coverage of the Atlanta dream of professional basketball team right in town, but they don't, they don't. The one who's there at practice, who's there at games and who is bringing a greater understanding to this team is Gabriella Lewis. So just everyone needs to know that, that that's what you're doing at the next. That's what you're doing. And so when you talk to Ryan Howard about being an all-star, about being every bit the franchise cornerstone uh, that they have needed, but immediately in year one, which is extremely difficult to do in this league. Does Ryan Howard seem surprised at all by her success? No. Ryan Howard is the most chilled person I think I've ever met. I mean, she's extraordinarily relaxed. I come in there and I'm asking her all these questions and she's just oh. so even keeled. She has a lot of confidence in herself, but at the same time, she's also not cocky. I think she really brings a mix of she knows what she's worth and she's an incredible player. She backs that up, but she's also um, not audacious, which is fine. I mean, that's also fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's a really, really relaxed person. And she was just very excited about being an all-star. She was really excited to play on Team Wilson. Her and Asia go back um, many years, which I didn't know until I interviewed her about it. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I think she was just excited to have a really fun time. Um, I, I I kept kind of prying like, oh, are you excited? Like any any big people you're excited to you know hang out with? Whatever. She's like, no, I'm just I'm just excited to have a good time. And I think that also speaks to this larger dream team of like they're here to have a good time. They're here to win, but they're also just here to play well. I think it's interesting that Ryan Howard is an All Star this year and is simultaneously not close to what I think her ceiling can be. You, you know, totally. I was. Kind of amused as we went through the college season. And Ryan Howard's the consensus number one when you go back to October, November. And there's always this uh, period of time where people want like a new story. And there's sort of yeah. a, you know, I like, like this even happened with Sabrina Inescu, who was as clear a number one as any since Asia Wilson, where it's just like, oh, but is she number one? It's like, yes, right, she's number right. one for all the reasons we came to. Uh, but the biggest thing that I see as a gap for Ryan Howard between where she is and where she's going to be is, and maybe there's a combination, it's shot selection and shot efficiency. You know, she's a 36.6% from the field. Uh, her three-pointer is uh, absolutely translated. She's in th- 34% of those. That will go up, you know, if she's 38%, 40%, she's all WNBA. Um, but really, it's just those twos. And she's able to get to the rim. She's able to do that. Do you think as somebody who sees this team regularly, that's just a question of putting more shot making talent around her? 
Yeah, I mean, I think she's a rookie, so she's going to grow inevitably. And also, she has good support around her. I think Tanisha is a really important part of that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's just putting more offensive production around her. And I think just having her grow into herself. I mean, she's an incredible three-point shooter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she's she's got that. And as much as she works on her other game, you know, she's going to become unstoppable. And I think also what's really incredible about her is you know, she's just got these things that we can't even see sometimes, I think, that make her really special. Um, during the All-Star game, I asked Candace Parker and Sylvia Fowles, like, what is it What is it about these young players, Ryan, particular, in particular, mm-hmm. that is so special? And they, she's just different. And I think there are things like how she finishes at the rim that are just really generational talents. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what you hear. You know, I talked to a yeah. member of another WNBA front office who literally used that phrase, generational talent. Uh, When I talked to Sandy Brondello, the head coach of the New York Liberty, she described her as the most pro-ready player. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like what you're saying is uh, off the court as well, just that she's prepared for whatever it is that comes. How important do you think that was as you go about changing the feelings around this Atlanta Dream team after last season especially? Yeah, that's a good question. How these players, like you're, like how these players are both on and off the court. You know, I think another big part of the whole Ryan story is that her and Nas Hillman, who are teammates now, you know, that was the first pick was Ryan, and second uh, for the Dream was Nas. They're really good friends. They've played USA basketball together, and um, they now have one another. And I think that also makes their longevity skyrocket because they're not in this big scary world alone. And they've told me this: they have one another. And I think that's um, of the utmost importance when you're. You're coming into a league like this. Um, I mean, you know, we, we just read this Kelsey Plum story from Just Women's Sports that shows how difficult this ride can be. And, you know, I think having someone in it is really, really helpful. And, you know, Nas isn't too bad on the court either. No, I mean, I am a big Nas Hillman um, aficionado, let us say, dating back to her University of Michigan days. I've had the privilege of covering her there as well. Uh, you, you may see her. Uh, just a little bit of a hint on a future Lockdown Women's Basketball podcast. So All right. Just, just a little tease there as well. Uh, and so Nas coming out there, what she have? Nine points, 14 rebounds the other day? I mean, it just seems like she has found herself. Again, people talk about her as an undersized big, but everyone who's so convinced, well, you know, the top height matters instead of uh, standing reach and wingspan, they're just not paying attention to what Nas Hillman brings to the table, right? No, they're not. She is, I would say, incredible. I mean, every single game she plays and the more minutes she has, she played the most minutes of anyone last game. She, mm-hmm. she only improves. And this was even before she was starting in these past four games. She just, the more minutes she gets, the more production she has, which like obviously, but she really steps up to the plate. And Tanisha Wright, her whole philosophy is about stepping up like next, next man, next woman, next person up. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really, that's all that matters. And I think Nas is the epitome of that. She really gets when there's a spot open, when there's an opportunity, she, and I, I think that's, what's really important is, you know, Tanisha Wright has a lot of philosophies and I'm really seeing them like come to light i'm really seeing everyone buy into it and i think that's Mm -hmm. what makes this team so good you know it's all about toughness and i really think that team is is starting this team is starting to embody that 
Well, we're going to talk about that because they are 11th in the WNBA in offense, but they're still very much in the playoff mix. And so toughness comes into it. You know, there's doing some things simultaneously that you shouldn't expect a team necessarily to do. And that reminds me a lot, of course, of Built Bar, where you are managing to combine high protein and low sugar with incredible taste. And they've done it now with cookie dough chunk puffs. And I will be honest with you, it's difficult for me to record a podcast because I need to spend 20, 30 minutes without any built bars in my mouth. It's just so people are able to hear me, you know, and that's 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, but they taste like cookie dough. So again, I just, I think everybody owes me uh, a real debt of gratitude for being willing to not be eating built bar cookie dough puffs for a long period of time, just to bring you the precious WNBA content. So go to built.com so you can be like me and people can fail to understand you while you have, I kid you not, 100% real chocolate in your mouth. Use code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you're able to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 over at built.com. And Gabriella, do you know who you need to tell them sent you when you get there? Um. Grandma Myrna? It's Grandma Myrna. That's right. That's Grandma Myrna. She's the one. She's the one. It's okay. Bring that. Grandma Myrna sent you. Bring it close to your heart. Remember that for Built Bar. You're going to be here many times in the years to come. So grateful. Appreciate that. And grateful to Built.com as well. Truly. Amazing Built Bars. So when you look at this team, it's always been this whole year. All right. How do you get enough offense? to take advantage of a terrific defensive scheme. Actually, our, our Spencer Nussbaum wrote a piece about that earlier this season, talking about the way in which the defense works. And so I've been fascinated to see the defense continues to be top half of the league. 99.9 points per 100 possession. That's fifth in the league. That is, again, below a point per possession is a very big deal. And it is a significant upgrade over last season. But Tiffany Hayes being back, and playing the way she is playing has to make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Tiffany Hayes, I think is, is the key to this in the past, you know, she hasn't played that many games this season, only, you know, five, six, seven or so. Um, but almost every single one, she really shows out and she had a bit of a scary fall a couple games ago, but she came back this last game and yeah, I mean, she's really fantastic and she is, she's also just such an athletic player. She's really fun to watch, but I think her and Ryan are definitely key to the offense. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also really high on Ari McDonald and Cheyenne Parker, who I think both are keys to that offense. I mean, Ari is the most clutch player, one of the most clutch players in the league, in my opinion. She, When they need a bucket, she's there. And she was like that in Arizona and, and beyond. Um, and Cheyenne Parker, I mean, she just knows how to finish at that rim. And I think she's also um, improved a lot this season, uh, you know, kind of didn't play that much last year because of giving birth. Um, and, and I think she's really important to that as well. No question about it. You know, Ari McDonald was my midseason pick. We did an awards uh, at the midseason for the next, and she was my pick for most improved player. And you go back and you look, and again, we're just talking about that offensive efficiency, and we've seen more Tip Hayes, and we've seen more Ari McDonald, and she's up to 43% overall from the field. She's 34.9 from three. She's north of 50 from two. 
And she makes her free throws the way she always has, of course, at U of A as well. It just looks like they've figured out some key pieces for what this team can be as they look to build in what's going to be an absolutely critical offseason for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think she is such a key piece and she's growing so much within the system. Um, and, you know, I, I think she's also gone on record and talked about like, you know, she last year was tough for her and now this is kind of growing. And, and I think a big part of that also is, you know, kind of the the uh, the culture, not only in the locker room, but the culture in the arena like we've talked about and she's been a big proponent you know she's only one of a couple players who played on this team last year and she talked a lot about how incredible the fans are how incredible it is they're showing out and the the dream have doubled their average attendance from last year mm-hmm. um and so you know for a rookie who comes in with not a lot of attendance due to covid some other issues and then this year has just you know, a, a blossoming um, attendance record. I think that's a big thing as well, um, that there's both support on and off the court. I, I just think it's important that we note here that you at the next are supporting people like Gabriella Lewis, who are bringing me segues so effortlessly. <laughs> I'm just, you know, grateful for the opportunity to be able to segue into your piece about vibes, which talked about, and by the numbers, attendance is essentially doubled. Now, there's two parts to this, right? We're still talking about relatively small numbers, but there's also what is the feel within the arena? You know, I've talked to people in the dream front office who have made it clear, you know, Gateway Center is a means to an end. It's not an end in and of itself. But simply put, if you don't have the feeling in the arena that made people want to come back and come back and come back again, you're not building towards anything. And I would just use as an example You know, Westchester County Center had a small group of people that could fit into Westchester County Center. And it was the size of a utility closet, but it also had the emotional feel of a utility closet. And so nobody really got excited Mm. about Westchester County Center other than me because my commute was relatively small. And then you compare it to what they built in D.C. And I happen to think that the arena where the Mystics play is insufficient to the needs, to the growth of what this league can and should, and I believe will be, where it only seats 4,000 people. But it is packed. It is an amazing experience. People who go to ESA want to come back again and again. It sounds like, from what you're telling me, that Gateway is far closer to the D.C. experience than it is the Westchester experience. Is that right? Absolutely. So just like a little bit of history, they used to play at State Farm, which is the huge arena downtown. They shared that with the Hawks and many other folks. They moved Gateway. They announced that in 2019. And um, Gateway is really small. It's only 3,500 people maximum. And when I went there with some friends who are men's basketball fans, they actually thought that was kind of cool. They were like, wow, it's like we're in a bubble season because you're so close to the court. And mm-hmm. I agree that I think it's it's not sufficient for what this league is becoming. But it, there is a fun to it because it's very small. It gets really, really loud. And I think people really like that. The, a lot of them talk about how they really are happy that they're not at Gateway any longer. Sorry, they're not at State Farm any longer because they felt like mm-hmm. State Farm wasn't a place of their own. Things changed of where they were each week. Um, 
And Gateway really feels like that's the Dreams Arena. This is ours. It's no one else's. This is our home. And it's really fun in there. And so, yeah, I think absolutely. Hopefully, they're going to have to outgrow Gateway. And they already are starting to. I mean, they've sold out almost half their games, home games. Um, But I also think that it it does bring some fun. And I think there are absolutely some upsides. And it's more like D.C. than, than, you know, Westchester. I recently found out that you are a baseball junkie in the way that I am. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, it sounds like, and and this is not to denigrate it at all, like a good minor league experience Mm -hmm. on our way to what should be a good major league experience. Do do you think, you know that market pretty well. Do you think that's the type of place where we could see something like the dream building their own arena, something akin to, you know, 10,000 expandable out uh, that allows them to not only be able to build the experience that they want, but simultaneously to put themselves in a position where they control the arena, which has, of course, been, you know, a problem that's played WNBA franchise throughout the league's history. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. And I think if Renee Montgomery is at the helm, it'll happen at some point. Um, I think she is so committed to this team in a way that no, or the whole ownership group currently is so committed to the team in a way that hasn't. Tiffany Hayes, who's been with the team for a long time, said to me the other day, I feel like a real professional. And that was, you know, she was talking about how she never really felt like that. And she really does now with the new investment that has come in. And so, I, yeah, I hope they build. I hope they build bigger and I hope they build better. And I think they can because they have really good retention data from mm-hmm. the folks that I talked to. Um, it was basically no one's first time. A lot of them were season ticket holders, but also a lot of them had been earlier in the season and then they're coming back. And when I talked to Renee about that, she said, yeah, our data shows that, that people are coming back. And I think that's a really good sign, right? Like you, you want to have people who are, who are continuing to come because it's so fun. And um, another part of the building in the stadium is they're out by the airport right now. They're 20 minutes away, which I'm sure is great for, for teams commuting in and out of Atlanta. Um, but it's not great for the rest of the city. Bria Janelle, who is the in arena host, she started as an intern there. She's been with this team for, I believe, over 10 years. And she's originally from Atlanta. And when I talked to her, she was like, you know, this arena is 20 minutes out, but people are still showing up. And right. so imagine if we were in the middle of the city and imagine if you know, it was on public transportation lines and there were other things that could get people there quicker. And mm-hmm. so I think I think there's a lot of opportunity to build something bigger and something a little bit better situated. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do, but just gratifying. It's, it's another example. There are markets that get written off, right? Mm-hmm. And they get written off again and again because of ownership failures, And clearly, the previous ownership was a failure in Atlanta. But it does not mean that Atlanta is incapable of supporting women's basketball at the professional level. So it's gratifying to see. And I'm hopeful that we see more of it even in other markets, like, say, the Bay Area. And even markets that were quote-unquote failures, right? Like Charlotte. There should be a WNBA team in Charlotte. That's... Uh, that's a whole Agreed. other stage of shows with a fair amount of obscenity, uh, quite frankly. That, yeah, <laughs> it did. Before I let you go, just uh, two last things. One is 12 and 16 right there at the bottom of the playoff bracket. No, no one's going to want to play them if they get to the playoffs because of the toughness. They've got eight games left. You got Minnesota, Dallas, 
Indiana, LA, all at home. And then they finished with three or four on the road at Minnesota, Vegas, uh, New York, they host. And then they finish at New York right here in my backyard on August 14th. What do you think they need to do in order to make the playoffs out of that last eight? Is four and four getting them in? Do you think they need to go five and three? You know, what do you, what do you think Atlanta needs to do here in order to finish the deal? Well, they need to win. Um, so that's that's to begin with. And I think I, I don't know the exact numbers of what will get them in. I, I'm not an expert on that. But I think mm-hmm. they have they have a schedule where a lot of these games are really, really winnable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I, I, this could be incorrect, but I think I've seen um, Adler particularly talk about how they have one of the easier schedules in the league right now, particularly of these teams that are fighting for these last couple spots. Um and so I think they need to win as many as they can. And, and the interesting part about the dream is that they're not always reliable. And if they're going to win important or easy or whatever games, I mean, it makes them a really fun team because they have a lot of upsets. They beat um, Vegas last week. They beat Seattle a couple weeks ago by 20. Um, but also, you know, they lost to the Sparks last week. And they sometimes lose to teams that are, in my opinion, just not as good as them. And I think... Yeah. A big issue with that is that when they don't come out as hot and they're losing at half, uh, I believe the statistic is that they're zero and fourteen if they're losing at half. That's not good, right? They they have a hard time coming back from that. And when I asked Tanisha Wright about this the other day, she said she has no issue with that. She doesn't think that's important, um, but it, it is significant, I would say. Um, so I think they need to come out hot for these games. They need to win as many as they can. And I absolutely think they can. They have the ability to beat a lot of these teams. They either already or um, they've got the goods to do so. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for, for the rest of the season. I think hopefully things will go well. For the at, some level, at some level, it's almost better if they don't make the playoffs after all this. They've showed a clear improvement, and then you get to cover – potentially Ilya Boston next year. So, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily the worst thing if it works out that way. But, yeah, they'll be, right. they'll be tough about it in a one eight two seven series. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, last thing, you know, I just want to thank our listeners for making us your first listen every day. Uh, but Gabriella Lewis uh, had mentioned this earlier. It's interesting that uh, she came to a game with some men's basketball Fans, And so I, I just want to bring it to your attention. Uh, there is a league where, and, and I guess this is new. I, I haven't heard much about it, where men play professional basketball. Um, it's called hold on, it's the NBA, the yeah. National Basketball Association. Um, I, I would call it the MNBA, so people can distinguish <laughs> it from right, come on. the well-established and the league that we care about most. And, and But, you know, leave it to the folks that, Locked on, you know, they're going under the radar and they have a show called Locked on NBA, which gives you your uh, latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day. Uh, Locked on NBA covers uh, all 30 teams, including and and I don't know if you had seen this, but Atlanta apparently has an NBA team as well. They're called the Hawks. Anybody talking about them? You know, the only reason I know is because their players sit courtside at the dream games sometimes. You know, I see Clint Capella, you know, folks like that. So that's that's really the only reason I've heard about it. You know what? Good for them to, like, draw some attention by coming right. to the established uh, WNBA uh, games. I'm glad to see. And obviously, you know, they could uh, learn something defensively if you watch the Hawks this past year by what the Dreamer does. Oh, so yeah. go ahead. You made us your first listen. Lockdown Women's Basketball. Locked on NBA is your second. 
the daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. For those of you who are not watching us on YouTube and you're listening, at underscore Gabriella Lewis, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. Follow her. Follow her work. She is doing incredible things. Gabriella Lewis, great to have you on the podcast. Can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. And for those of you listening, make sure you tune in tomorrow and every weekday, Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm Howard Magdal, wishing you a wonderful Tuesday. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.